Welcome to the Philia Podcasts. We are the daughters of those women who came before us. It is our absolute honour to have met so many incredible women fighting for the liberation of us all. Our role at Philia is to amplify the voices of those women via the Philia Conference and these podcasts. Please take from them what you can. In sisterhood and in solidarity, the Philia team. Hello, and this is Laura Brooks, volunteer for Philia. And today I'm here with Fiona Broadfoot. Hi, Laura. I am a white working class woman from Bradford. Very proud of my working class roots. I'm an activist, an abolitionist of the sex trade. And I came to my political place through lived experience. Yeah. And you've been instrumental in bringing Philia to Bradford this year. And can you just tell us like your journey and how you got to being at Philia and like your story basically, Fiona? Well, for me, I was trafficked from Bradford as a as a girl, as a fifteen year old girl. I was entrenched in the world, violent and abusive world of prostitution, for further eleven years, criminalized, brutalized, you name it. You know, uh, lived completely disassociated from myself because to actually acknowledge what's happening to you when you live in the abusive system of prostitution uh, it's impossible and you know yeah. you know I I were very very lucky to meet two women who had a significant impact in me becoming a radical feminist my history my my background my working class roots Feminism wasn't the word I knew. Yeah, I understand that completely. From coming from the same background, like that is, it's not something that comes into play. We see strong women as just the women who are in our family. We see these women who are challenging men all the time as the women that we live with and we love. You know, it doesn't. Feminism wasn't an invent like didn't become a term to me until I got into my twenties and thirties. You know, it wasn't something I knew all my life and I'm sure that, that like you say that's the same for you yeah absolutely and and once we're introduced to it there's no doubt about it <laughs> it's for you I'm a feminist <laughs> and and interestingly I used to call myself a feminist with a bit of embarrassment I shout it now and and I'm a radical feminist and I'm really proud of that yeah. and, f- and and actually I feel more comfortable in my life now than I've ever felt and I know radical feminism as 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 being you know that's the reason that's been a catalyst that's been like the tool and that's really helped you that's amazing sure sure um so i was given an opportunity actually to share my experiences at a brighton conference um organized by professor jana hamner and julie bindle who are two very important women in my life and uh i uh (laughs) I, I volunteered at uh, the uh, Women's Studies Unit in Bra- at Bradford University mm-hmm. so that I could get a, a place at this conference. Oh. <laughs> I was pregnant with my child, six months pregnant. I went down there, I helped at the conference, and on the last day, on the Friday, which happened to be my birthday, mm-hmm. I shared with a room full of women my my story and I, was sh- I shared a panel with Andrea Dworkin and again I didn't have a clue who Andrea <laughs> Dworkin was. I was in this room with loads of women expecting or assuming 
they were all there to listen to me. Yeah. As you do. Yeah. It is really funny because actually none of them had even, well, why would they know me? It was Andrew Dworkin that were there to hear. Uh, but I got a standing ovation and I got a fire in my belly. Yeah. And that fire in my belly has driven my activism. Uh, and now I'm a well-respected speaker, you know, but, but I'm happiest, Lara. I'm happiest in Bradford on a sink estate working with really, really disadvantaged young women yeah. and offering them a safe space. Making a difference. That is my happy place. Yeah. I do enjoy going around to conferences and meeting amazing women, but my passion and my heart yeah. is right in the heart of, of you know, Bradford. Yeah, it's on the front line of absolutely know, helping these women who are going through these social changes who aren't socially mobile and you know these women who don't have access to platforms these women who don't have access to the the kind of conferences and stuff that we would attend you know it's making a difference in their lives and uh, well totally because and and getting politicizing them at a young age yeah so the girls group i work we know about andrea dworkin yeah. the youngest <laughs> is 10 you know and we talk about and, and they look for quotes on the online and then the week after we'll discuss yeah. the quotes that uh, also other women, black women who led uh, the movement, the feminist movement in America. Yeah. You know, for me, to be politicised is so empowering and so important. And that was just never an option for me. No. That education and awareness was never something that was in place for working class women, for working class girls. I went to an all girls high school and those sort of tools still wasn't in place at an all girls school, do you know? So how do you do you implement them on the estates and how do you implement them in working class communities? Sure. Uh, I mean, my history lessons, you know, it was all about men. You know. <laughs> Romans and Egyptians. Yeah, and... and Bellends, to be honest, I mean, <laughs> so I, so I'd describe them. And uh, in fact, my history teacher said uh, uh, Fiona's Shoby's uh, efforts, because I used to love dance and performing, find it hard for her to follow the mundane life of the past. Well, <laughs> yeah, I did find it hard, and uh, and actually, I, I'm quite frustrated and angry now because it were lies, a pack of lies, half of it anyway. And what it should have been is, I should have known about. Women, I should have known. I didn't know what a suffragette was. Yeah. Well, I'd watched Mary Poppins, so I knew yeah. what a suffragette was, on, you know, in, in them terms. It's funny, so but many, it didn't have like, any meaning to yeah, me. That's so many people's references, the suffragette song in Mary Poppins. is like, oh, yeah, I know what a suffragette was when I was little because of Mary Poppins, and I had no other contact with it until, you know, they became adults sure. or engaged women. Sure. And then, of course, being in the world of... The, the abusive world of prostitution in the sex trade, you, you're so shut off from anything. You know, I was so disassociated, so shut down, violated. I just lived in a bubble of hell, really. It, when that bubble burst and I met Professor Jal Mahamna, I met Julie Bindle, I met other amazing feminists, I was like, oh. it was like all my Christmases had come <laughs> at once. And it really helped in my recovery yeah. and my journey out of out of that because you leave prostitution physically, but it takes decades for yeah. you to leave it emotionally, yeah. and um, so 
uh, yeah, it, you know, I, through feminism, I, I, I smiled again. Oh. Through feminism, I loved again. And and another really important thing happened. I became a mum. Yeah. Uh, and and actually giving birth to a boy, I totally freaked out. And and, and equally, I would have freaked out giving birth to a girl because. <laughs> through your own experiences yeah. you know I, w I was like oh my gosh is he going to be is he going to be a perpetrator is he going to be you know driven by his dick you know yeah. which is what how boys and young men are socialized yeah. so i made it my duty my responsibility to make it clear to my son right from day one that the thing attached to him is his responsibility yeah that it's not a separate thing um i also I didn't, he didn't have a lot of men in his life. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I had a lovely dad. My dad still was a sexist man with not very nice views. You know, he was racist. There yeah. were lots of things about my dad that I didn't like. I loved my dad, but I, I had to challenge a lot. Yeah. And equally, Elliot challenged him. So, do you know, my boy yeah. challenged him. So having Elliot was, you know, I suppose it gave me a, an identity. Yeah. Something to cling on to that was always yours, that wasn't ever going to change. Yeah, and and then also sort of, like I say, the, you know, bringing up a boy who will absolutely be accountable all his life. Yeah. There's no way he'll be blaming anybody for his own behaviour. Yeah. And also, it's interesting, I had this notion that men can't control the sexual urges because of the sex trade I'd been involved in, because of previous childhood sexual abuse as well. I'd been groomed to believe that, and what I absolutely now know now <laughs> is that's bullshit, and, and that it's a notion that's sold to men, yeah. you know, and, and women are the, bear the brunt of that. Yeah, so Elliot has helped you then grow like and and maybe look at men in a different light as well and you know like give you a different perspective on how men can be well interestingly because I, 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 I don't think we're born that way I don't, I don't think any of us are born a certain way we're all born vulnerable babies yeah. and what's fed to us out by society is what makes us yeah. and we live in a very toxic masculine society so it's been a concerted effort for Elliot to be accountable <laughs> and be a decent human being because society tells him it doesn't have to be. differently. Yeah. And I've reinforced that in my home. Yeah. And he's also been introduced by to other people who've reinforced that. Yeah. He's not really had double standards going on. Yeah. I mean his dad did us a favour and fucked off, uh, you know. So, so when when Elliot was a baby, so uh, uh, you know, but but it's been a conscientious effort on every level with him. Yeah, he tries. He makes the effort. He puts the work in, and he knows that he's doing that. I think not just for you, but for himself as well. Like I think that's the bigger picture as well, isn't it? That having that self respect for himself and knowing. Yeah, you know that he, can, yeah. that he is accountable. Absolutely, and like he knows he can't be a radical feminist, <laughs> but what he is is a supporter of yeah. radical feminism. He's uh, certainly challenged 
young people, older people, friends, relatives, school friends, teachers even, about the toxic masculine society that we live in and patriarchy. And he absolutely supports the notion that patriarchy needs destroying, yeah. dismantling on every level, um, you know. Yeah, and that's so, all a man. And he's not perfect, you know. He's, he's not perfect by a long shot, and none of us are. But he's a good egg. And he tries. He's a good lad. Yeah. Yeah. And he's there to support you, and that's the... the yeah, the totally, well. totally, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, we have a very healthy relationship, but it's been a really important part of my life, yeah. being a mum. Yeah. And I can be a radical feminist and be a mum yeah. to a boy. Yeah, definitely. Because I've often faced judgment and attitudes within the radical feminist movement too. Yeah. And I think with all due respect to everybody with their own views, I too have the right yeah. to have my, live my life how, how I want to live it. Um, you know, so it's it's an interesting subject, I think. Uh, but without question, Elliot didn't come first anymore. He's a young adult male. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's living his own life. My feminism comes first in my life. And I hope, and I have to check myself, and I get it wrong sometimes. We're but, human. Yeah, but my activism is absolutely intrinsically every, <laughs> in every part of me, Yeah, you know. I think it radiates. I think it really uh, does. Yeah. And can you tell us about Build a Girl and about the project that you built in Bradford and what that organisation means? Yeah, I, I had many barriers to employment and education because I still hold a substantial criminal record with... Yeah. Um, you know, it's eight page double sided, you know, <laughs> and describes me as a, a as loitering on the streets for the purpose of being a common prostitute, and I were a child when I were first charged yeah. with that. So it's a disgrace, to be quite honest. And I am fighting at the highest level to clear my name, but only not only my name, all the women who've been wrongly convicted when actually we should have the sex buyers law here. Yeah. We should have the, well, it's, it's, it's described across the world as the equality law, abolitionist law, Nordic model, and basically it's holding men accountable for the behavior. Yeah. Ooh, 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 how, uh, you know, <laughs> controversial. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But we've literally, you know, we know, we know this. We've burnt women. We've yeah. em imprisoned women. We've, we've chained women. And actually, it's been men's behaviour yeah. that's been the issue. So, so, uh, so. You know, that's uh, that's right. what I, I, sh I know. I know. I, my head could spin yeah, when I think yeah. about it. So, uh, many barriers, many many barriers, but the high ability barriers. I mean, I'm actually only four foot three, but <laughs> but I feel about ten foot. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know, I, I'll get over them. I'll get over them barriers, and I'll fight, and I'll fight visibly. And I absolutely understand women needing autonomy, and yeah. I am that public face for them yeah. women. I will shout, scream, and bang on, bang down every door for them women. Yeah, they won't silence me. Nowhere. <laughs> uh, so, so. 
so because of my issues in gaining employment, I was really frustrated because actually what I wanted to do, I, I were all right working with women involved. I were all right to mop up misery and be kind of wheeled out as somebody who, oh, well, she'll be able to do it, you know. And, and what I had to learn myself is my own sort of boundaries and what, what could I do and what couldn't I do. I, interestingly, when you get out of a world like prostitution, I didn't have an identity, I didn't feel safe. I didn't have any boundaries because I'd yeah. never learnt them boundaries. They were all that were all taken away from me. Yeah. So, so I often said yes to things, and consented to things, Very without any thought behind it. Yeah. So the more the more distant I came away from that life, the more I worked on myself and and found, you know, a safe space and. An understanding to all what had happened, and again, radical feminism <laughs> really made me do that. Uh, I I um, felt more and more frustrated that we mop up the misery of women and girls. We wait till after, as a society. Yeah. I don't mean you know. Yeah, yeah. As a society, we wait. It's you know, or the victims, or we're a bit pathetic about them. Well, the vast majority of women I know that are surviving sexual violence and abuse, which is all a hell of a lot of women, are the most <laughs> strongest warrior women yeah. ever. So don't call us victims, do yeah. you know? And 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 some and I do call myself a survivor of the sex trade, but I struggle a little bit with that that word too. I'm not sure there is a word for it. But what what was really, really apparent, we need to offer girls and young women a safe space at a young age to oppose patriarchy, the sexualization and objectification in bloody every water, every way you turn yeah. in society, um, to, to to gain an understanding of that and yeah. again politicized and and um unable to talk yeah. about all these things that you know are so important. And that we're unique. Yeah. We're not all tits and ass. <laughs> we're not all, you know, booties and, and Botox. That we're really precious diamonds. So so Build a Girl is about... I don't really do anything. <laughs> I, I just facilitate a safe space for them. And they are so amazing. You know, they grow then and bloom into amazing young people. Yeah. And and I work in a particularly poor community yeah. where there's generation after generation of trauma, sexual violence, domestic abuse, substance misuse, marriage breakdowns, low, low employment, not good educational outcomes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the community, we've got the, the lowest death rate for women so women generally die in their early 40s yeah, in that community yeah the life expectancy yeah. which appalls me yeah, and breaks 100%. my heart yeah. uh, so so this is about the next generation of our young women educating knowing them. what radical feminism is 
being given the opportunity to go and listen. I, t I took three young women to Philia a few years ago in London. Yeah. And that sort of brings me to, to, to the reason why I really wanted, passionately wanted Philia to come to Bradford. Because to get them three young women to London, we raised money and they were part of that, which again is really good. Yeah. But it was difficult. Yeah. And there's so many amazing women in every corner of our society surviving and thriving against all the odds. Yeah. I wanted Philia to be in a city where that's very, very uh, apparent. Yeah. It's, it, you know, that's a very common experience for yeah. women to be. With, you know... When, when you're literally fighting every day to get out of bed yeah. and get on with it. Yeah. And how they do that. Yeah. How they do that how with absolutely that. no resources yeah. or support, but they do it. Yeah. So actually, I think women are bloody fantastic, <laughs> you know? Amen. Fantastic. Amen. 100%. So how, how are you looking at feminism going forward now what do you want to see happen in Bradford maybe as a result of Philia or maybe you know like what would be an ideal outcome for you in a feminist Bradford light well I think that people have to take off the blinkers and the rear protectors and understand feminism as a really, really brilliant thing in our society. Yeah. That it's not man-hating, no. that it's not uh, violent, it, that it's not that offensive. radical. <laughs> you like, it's not, not everyone's an extremist as well. Well, radical is an interesting word, isn't it? Because radical acts have changed society. Yeah, so I, I have absolutely no issue with calling myself a radical feminist. Yeah. What I don't like is people's misinterpretation of it. Yeah. So I'd like Bradford to be educated about feminism, radical feminism, and how important that is to actually create a more equal society yeah. and and I want Bradford people to be part of smashing the patriarchy that's amazing thank you very much Fiona you're very welcome Laura I'll see you at Philia 2019 <laughs> <laughs> woo woo